Hey, this is Tim Timmons, and you're listening to Frequency. Welcome to another episode of the Frequency Podcast. I'm Dan Thompson, and I'm joined by Joe Brookhouse, who is currently traveling. And where are you today, Joe? Oh, I am in Las Vegas. And uh, please forgive me as I say this, all you residents of Las Vegas. This has to be one of my least favorite cities to visit ever. And because God loves me, I have two clients here. So here I am. All right. Well, I had to actually look on your Google Plus account and click the map link to find out, because you allow me to see where you are, to find out where you are at any given time, because you do travel. And just to figure out what stinking time zone you're in half the time, because usually when you're eating supper, I should have been in bed two hours ago, which is pretty much the way things are right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, actually my pizza is right behind me, and uh, it was delivered five minutes before we started to record and it will be cold and congealed by the time I actually sit down to enjoy it. So that's good. <laughs> and it's all my fault because we, we talk far too long before we ever start hitting the record button. It's it's true, but, but I suppose that suggests that we actually like each other. I, I suppose if we didn't <laughs> like each other, we, we wouldn't have been doing this over and over again when the, 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 the miles that separate us gives us ample excuse to never talk to each other again. <laughs> That's right. Half the time when I'm talking to people here in, because I live on a remote island called Prince Edward Island, um, then I say, you know, oh, I've got a phone call with my my friend, my good friend Joe from Portland. They say, Port what? And then I say, well, there's a whole television show, you know, Portlandia, you know, like that place. You ever watch Cheers? It's south of there. Like I have to go through this whole process to explain to people on the East Coast what's in the West Coast. Now, you just said Cheers and you meant Frasier, right? Oh, sorry. Yes, sir. I, I have to even qualify that because I think of Fraser from Cheers, which I know is in Boston. But yeah, I associate him, even though that was Seattle, because my one of my favorite shows is Fraser. So um, we we've been chatting about nothing in particular, but uh, I'm pretty excited about this particular episode. And uh, I don't know. Maybe you can tell people who we're talking to this week. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity that you had to be able to connect with an artist, an indie artist, Ellie Holcomb, and uh, she. I mean, we're gonna you'll hear a lot about um, the details um, and the uh, interesting things that have happened to her um, with Kickstarter campaigns and a bit of her background and where she's from and um, kind of her story. But it's neat that we were able to connect with her because of other artists that we've talked to in the past on our podcast and uh, we counted a privilege uh, that um, we have the opportunity to share with her on a very special day which was her album release day yeah what a what a cool thing for that to happen and and i want to throw a thank you out to uh, to sam her manager and and i'm not going to try to pronounce sam's last name but sam coordinated that for us and 
I got a message at uh, I think 10 in the morning on Tuesday when the album was released saying, hey, how does three o'clock sound? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So that's cool. And um, as you alluded to, um, we actually learned about Ellie through Krista Wells and also through Emily Freeman. And it just seemed like there was too much going on that suggested this would be a great conversation. And fact of the matter is, it was. I had a great time chatting with her and really looking forward to you guys uh, listening to the interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I had a a chance to listen to um, portion of the interview today, um, and it was a blessing to listen to. I mean, honestly, I feel so fortunate that we get to, number one, talk to these folks and uh, get their story out and have people learn about them, but also just being able to to get um, more opportunity to share what they're doing on our podcast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away every day that we get to do this, Joe, and get to uh, just talk to very interesting people who love God and, uh, you know, are doing it with the right motivation and because uh, there's so much fluff out there and so much like if you just look in the iTunes charts because Ellie is doing very well. I mean, she's right in that top 10 list of the main iTunes. That What a blessing it is for her. But if you look around that chart, there's a lot of stuff out there. that's just not worth listening to. So it's great to be able to talk to an artist that we believe um, has some substance and a real message and story to share. Yeah. God is good. Amen. All right, you ready to start the interview? Sounds great. Let's push, do it. Push play, would you? All right, here we go. Hi, this is Joe Brookhouse for Frequency. Today is a very special day. This is actually going to be a special episode for us on the podcast because we're catching up today with Ellie Holcomb, who's in the midst of, well, maybe a pretty big day for you. Would you say that's true? I'd say it's been a pretty fun day, that's for sure. Cool. Well, welcome to the podcast. Now, would you mind telling us why it's a big day? Well, not at all. It's great to be here with y'all. And uh, today is the day that my very first full-length record um, has been officially released on iTunes and Amazon. So it's been a really fun day of seeing people kind of support and share this music that they are listening to. Um, so it's sort of like the day that you send your little, you know, a little piece of your soul into the world. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Now, um, I think the last we checked and it is, yeah, we're at, uh, two my time. So that must be four forty-five your time. Right. You were number one on iTunes for gospel and Christian. And the last text you got from your dad, <laughs> That's you, right. you were number 11 on the overall albums chart. Yes, that's true. And I to can't me, believe it. That's just remarkable in any number of reasons, regardless of genre. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have been, um, yeah, sort of been crying joy tears throughout the day. <laughs> it's sweet to see something that um, comes from a very deep placing in your soul or in your heart kind of resonate, begin to resonate with other people. That's a pretty beautiful thing as an artist. So Absolutely. I, mean, I think it's something that we all long for. But uh, you've had some pretty good hints kind of along this journey that you were going to get that kind of uh, 
response, I think, if I can be so bold as to say it that way. Now, back in November, you did a Kickstarter campaign, and I think your goal was forty thousand dollars. Is that right? That's right. And how many days did it take you to make that? Uh, it was it was three days, before, and and we hit forty thousand dollars in three days. Yeah, and and then you over doubled your goal. Yeah, in that it was. Uh, we ended up raising a hundred and eight thousand dollars. And uh yeah, I people ask me, how did that happen? And I I honestly I still don't know. I'm still amazed by it and so grateful, <laughs> you know. I, uh, I know there's a number of indie artists out there who want to go, What did you do? How did you make this happen? And of course your answer is, I don't know. I don't know. I that's funny. Um during the campaign, it was a 50-day, $40,000 in 50 days was sort of the goal. And so over the course of the campaign, as, as we continued to hit these, we sort of set stretch goals, if you will, after we hit the $40,000. Um, and as, as those 50 days passed by, um, different people on Kickstarter would email me and, and message me and say, hey, what's your secret? <laughs> and I just... I, I felt terrible. I wanted to tell them something, but I didn't know. I just, I, I just, you know, we've, my husband and I have been making music together for about seven and a half years. And so I think building relationships, um, in, in clubs and, you know, at different shows, getting to know people over, over seven and a half years might've had something to do with it. Um, but that's sort of all I could come up with. You know, one of the things that I think a lot of artists miss out on is um, building a platform before they ever try to step out in, in faith in these things. And, you know, seven and a half years, and just for the sake of perspective for folks, your husband is Drew Holcomb of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Yes. Yeah, in case people weren't aware of that. Um, but you can't really shortchange what it means to put the effort in to build a network. And you've got that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I'm like an accidental artist, really. I, I kind of swore that I'd never marry a musician. And I happened to fall in love with my best friend, who happened to be a musician. And um, I actually got my master's in education and was teaching English language arts to eighth graders and high school students. And that and, honestly, can I interrupt for a second? That sounds like a nightmare to me personally, but it sounds like based <laughs> on what I've researched that you actually enjoyed that. I loved it. It was never boring. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love the idea of, I, I love young people, first of all. Um, they, they are fascinating to me. And, and especially that age, middle school to high school, because um, they're not, quite old enough for the world to say you're an adult yet, but they're old enough to make decisions that can affect the rest of their lives. And, and so I loved the idea of spending intentional time with young people and being able to call out the good things that I yeah, saw yeah. in them. Um, that was a wonderful life-giving thing. Now there were days, I mean, the grading, and there were days that were rough, you know, um, but I actually um, absolutely loved teaching. I was pretty passionate about it. Now, how do you feed that 
engagement with young people today. Do you still have uh, an outlet for that? Yeah, you know, my husband and I, um, the day that I packed up my classroom, um, I we drove straight to volunteer for a month at a Young Life camp. And Young Life is sort of an evangelical ministry to high school and middle school students. Um, sort of the vision being they'd love, they, they believe that every kid deserves the right to hear about the love of God yeah. um, in a way that they can understand, um, in a way that they don't feel pressure to respond to, but that they could at least hear have a chance to hear and to know that God loves them. And so they kind of chase after kids who, you know, might never walk through the doors of a church. Um, and, you know, kids come, all kinds of kids come in young life, kids who go to church, kids who would never, you know, be seen at a church. And um, and so over the past seven summers, um, Drew and I have volunteered one to two months the summer just to spend time there. And so in some ways I'm kind of like, and I remember calling my mom and dad um, because what I learned at Young Life Camp, I'd always known that music was a bridge builder. Um, I used to write, you know, heartbreak songs in college and sing them in the, in the dorm stairwell. Uh, so I wouldn't wake up my roommate and then it sounded really good in there. So <laughs> I was playing these heartbreak songs because um, that's sort of where I was in my life and you know I would have my eyes closed and then I'd look up and I'd see girls standing lining the stairwell listening and that would always amazed me um, because what would happen is some of them would sit down and say oh thank you for singing that thank you that I'm going through the same thing this is what's going on so I, I had no I knew that that music connected people's stories, and I loved that. Um, but what Young Life taught me um, to do was, um, they, they said, yeah, that music is a bridge builder, but what we're gonna do is um, use this bridge to walk towards kids and maybe help hold or carry their stories, but also to speak the love of Jesus um, and the hope that we have because of what he did for us on the cross into their stories. and. I called my mom and dad after that first week of being at Young Life Camp, and I just said, I, I think I was made to do this. Like, I'm firing on all cylinders. I cannot believe um, that I get to be a part of this. So it's, uh, it was a, it's, it's an honor to, to be involved with that ministry and, and just even to talk with people after our shows to, to hear, oh, my goodness, this person let this song into their life yeah wow. that's such an honor and now they feel like they know me or they there's some connection where they can share part of their story with me and um i don't know that there's any bigger honor as an artist you know no knowing people have connected with you i mean that's i think the reason we create to begin with that's right now just for um for folks who are listening if you hear a child in the background it's uh, Ellie's 14-month-old uh, is in the background. And again, this is a big day for her. And so she's got the nanny corralling her in the background. We don't care. And so if she jumps into your lap, we're going to be okay with that. So I just want, I don't want you to stress, Ellie, and audience, you can deal with it. So. Yes, that's right. She's, she just wanted to say hi, I think. Uh, her name's Emmy Lou, and she's been such a joy. So. Well, congratulations. Kids are... They're a blessing and a curse, um, but you'll learn that later when she's a teenager. 
Sorry, that's uh, that's still going to stay in the interview, but let's keep going. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. So I walked out of the darkness and into the light From fear of shame into the hope of life Mercy called my name and made a way to fly Out of the darkness and then to the light Um, let me ask you, because you t- mentioned English before I, I sidetracked a little bit. So um, one of the things that's been pretty consistent in the reviews and the comments that I've read about the album, and they're pretty stellar, uh, by the way, is uh, it, it relates to your lyrics and how they're they're pretty straightforward uh, and very, very much um, f- founded in, strongly founded uh, in scripture. And I'm wondering two things. Um, does your, no pun intended, does your English background instruct your lyric writing? And then the second part of that is how do you take something um, that so many people have written about the, the same words, all those things, how do you challenge yourself to present that in a u- unique way? Great questions. Uh, I think the that my English background affects my songwriting the most with the joys and and the sorrows of editing. <laughs> um, I I always loved the idea of of refining a piece of work. Um, even though it's very hard work to refine and and to take words out and and to sit until you find just the right the exact right image that you're that you're looking for that just nails it on the head um and so i i I do think that that i've always been drawn to that process i I studied english you know majored in english in college because i loved the idea that i could go to college and my job would be to read and to write and to create you know so um I, i think that's just part of my dna the way God made me just, I love the idea of exploring ideas um, with words. So I think the editing and refining process would be the biggest thing that um, that sort of speaks into my songwriting today. Um, and then trying to, trying to come up with some original way um, to communicate truths that are so familiar that people have memorized and and sung even for thousands and thousands of years, um, I guess could feel like a lot of pressure some days. But I, I think honestly, the the creative process for me is a little cathartic. I um, will basically take whatever I'm reading or whatever I'm learning, um, and I find the the promises of God that that I just really hope are true, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. No, I think that's very well put. I think that I'm, I'm what I'm discovering about myself is that I'm a probably girl. Um, probably God is good. I think that he's faithful, probably, <laughs> I hope. Um, and I think what I've learned is um, 
I'm, I'm less sure of a lot of things with my faith. Um, but then I'm, I'm more sure of the cross and the fact that Jesus walked out of a grave. Um, the older I get, that seems to ring um, more and more true. And so a lot of these songs come from this place of just going, oh, goodness, okay, you say that that's a promise, God. Um, we, would you help me to believe that this is true? I hope that this is true. <laughs> that, that reminds me a lot of uh, what Matt Marr said about your grace is enough. When he was writing that song, you know, and I think he was reading in, um, I think it was Romans, and, you know, and he saw that and he was going through a dark and lonely period. And he's like, I just, I really want to believe this, God. So maybe I can write a song. And by, through that process, somehow it'll bridge that gap. Yeah. Maybe it'll sink in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. Um, I talk a lot about Christian culture, but there's so much, so many absolutes that we try to prop up about faith especially in America, that, um, but, you know, faith is, uh, it's slippery sometimes and it's really tough. I know it's a daily struggle. You know, your brain gets in the way of our faith and our doubt jumps out. And, um, so I really appreciate you speaking to that because it's not an absolute, at least not in my world. Yeah. I, um, I spent a lot of my life um, interpreting a relationship with Jesus as me trying to be good enough or, or, you know, being a Christian meant just be strong and trust the Lord and be good and love well. And those things are all wonderful things, you know, to, to um, strive for. Um, but I, I, what I've learned as I've gotten older is that it's so that faith um, and that following Jesus is so not about us being good enough, but it's about God's great goodness to us um, when we deserve it the least. <laughs> so um, there, I spent a lot of time um, trying to act like I was okay and not knowing that it was okay to not be okay. And, and so there's this, I, and that basically, I landed myself in intensive counseling, which is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so there's this beautiful, there was this beautiful invitation um, from my counselor, and, and she just kept saying it to me, where there's truth, there's freedom. And um, during this time of, of walking through counseling, I was reading through the Psalms, and I just love, I love David. I, it, I, resonate with with <laughs> the way he walks through life, you know, in the heights of his joy and in the depths of his sorrow, crying out to God. And uh, and he's called a man after God's own heart, you know? And so I just thought, wow, he's not pretending like everything's okay, um, but he's turning to God with his doubts, with his sorrow. And um, I've learned a lot from that. And I've experienced a lot of freedom and knowing that it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have questions that God, you know, is actually big enough to handle those. You know, I've heard a lot lately from different artists um, supporting the resurgence, let's say, of the lament that um, it's okay for in Christian art for there to be darkness because there's darkness in the Christian walk. And the, there's a lot of encouragement there. I mean, Krista says it very well in the interview we did with her a few months ago. 
you know, just a lot of her songs really address periods of darkness in, in such a unique and, uh, I don't know, how, I, I don't have a good way to explain it, but I, I really enjoy her work. So I, I hear, I think that's where you're coming from in terms of exploring that side and relating to what, what David is doing. It wasn't all, you know, sunshine and lollipops. It was, oh, today really, really sucks. So yeah. I still love you, God. I, you know, I love the way he sort of bosses his soul around. <laughs> Be still, my heart, you know. Awake, my soul. Remember. And yet I will rejoice. I, I just, I love that idea of of being real and, and, and being able to just, um, like, direct those cries of where are you um, to God, but then to also like sort of say, and yet you're good. You say that you're good, and yet I'll hold on to your promises. Um, I'm very grateful for, for that example for him. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that's in the Bible, you know? It sort of grants permission um, to struggle. Some of that, most of these songs on this on this record, on As Sure as the Sun, are tied to some period of doubt or or darkness um, that I've experienced or that I've walked through with with dear friends. And so, um, but I love um, the title track, As Sure as the Sun, um, was inspired by this verse that comes from Hosea, um, and it's it, it Hosea six three says. Um, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. For as surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. And um, I love that the promise there is that is not as surely as the sun rises, your life will be easy or you'll never struggle or you'll never have pain or you'll never experience suffering because those promises would feel false. Um, the promise is as surely as the sun rises, he will appear. So, so there's this sense, um, you know, when I look at the world and I look at myself and I see a lot of really messed up stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't say it, it, it doesn't negate that. It doesn't ignore that it God's promise is that, He's, it's Emmanuel, God with us, in the midst of our, our greatest joys and, and our deepest sorrow. And, um, and that's, a, that's something that I, I can um, wrap, my, wrap my head around. Um, you know, it, it, he doesn't promise easy, but he promises companionship. It makes me think of our job as parents and his job as our father that, you know, when, when your child hurts themselves, they come running to you for comfort, but being next to you, your, your presence doesn't take the pain away. It just provides the comfort that helps you get through that pain. That's right. It's beautiful. 
Well, having a five-year-old helps because he's always hurting somehow. He's always <laughs> running into something, right? That's right. <laughs> oh, we're headed there fast. Oh yeah, it'll you'll wake up and go, oh, oh man, how did this happen? <laughs> and then along with it, you'll count up the years and you'll go, oh wait, how did I get this old? Dad, burn it. <laughs> it happens fast, life. Yeah, it does. But sometimes I'm grateful for that too. Yeah, that's right. There's mercy in that too. More than you know, more than you could hope for. After everything you've done, as sure as the sun will rise and chase away the light, his mercy will not end. His mercy will. Well, let me ask you a couple more questions because I know that you and I can talk all day. Uh, and and you, I don't know what you're doing after this, but I'm sure it's something important like hanging out with your daughter. So <laughs> your husband was very encouraging in terms of getting you to pursue making your own music and doing this. So can you tell me what that looks like when Drew is giving you that kick? Um, uh, yes, I am so grateful uh, for Drew. I, you know, we've we've been in a band together for a little over seven years now, and um, I was trying, I kept trying to write songs for our band, and um, our band is not in the, you know, CCM world at all. It's, you know, we're we're believers, and we just happen to be musicians as well. In yeah. the same way you'd be, you know, oh, I'm a Christian and I'm a dentist, or, you know, it's, it's sort yeah. of that deal and so we hope to kind of love people well along the way and and work hard and um live lives full of integrity and and then sing what's true and so um i kept writing these songs um you know i'd try to write for a band and i kept um sort of writing songs that were working out my faith and so i'd be like oh i wrote another song about jesus again sorry about that that won't really work for <laughs> Um, our band and so um, but my husband was hearing sort of what kept coming out of me and um, I just remember him saying you know what babe I write for our band all you want I love writing with you but I just want you to feel you know the freedom to just write what's coming out of you and kind of chase that down and I don't know that I needed permission um, to do that but for some reason when he said that um, I just couldn't stop and so um, I, I guess I, I started really writing intentionally, um, sitting in scripture, and uh, it started really with me trying to memorize scripture, and that was actually really hard, um, but really fruitful. And um, I just thought, well, I can remember a thousand songs. What if I tried to write, and, and this is nothing new under the sun, but what if I tried to weave God's word in, into melody? Um, maybe then I could, you know, it would help me help solidify some of these promises that I'm wanting to hold on to. And so I don't know that there's anything that I've ever enjoyed more than sitting in God's Word and um, just letting music come out of that. And so um, we had just gotten, we were just um, 
really pregnant. We had just found out that we were pregnant with our daughter. And by the end of nine months, um, I had a little baby to hold and, and 45 new songs to sing. Wow. So um, he's been a, a deep encourager um, and probably um, my, my biggest encourager to say, hey, this is worthwhile. Keep going. Um, and so it's been really sweet to even, um, you know, for him, he said, these songs that you're writing are, are encouraging me. And um, so I want you to keep going. I think you should keep going. And so to hear that from, you know, the, the person that you respect most, love the most, um, is, is deeply meaningful. And so, um, you know, every song I'd play for him, he's like, yep keep going. <laughs> so, so I did. <laughs> 45 songs in nine months. That's right. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. There are a handful that were written before that season, uh, that made it on the record. As sure as the sun, I wrote thinking about, um, we were hoping to start a family. And so I wrote that sort of thinking about what I would want this child that we were dreaming about to know in the depths of their being, you know, more than anything else. Yeah. Um, that and the valley came before that season, but the rest of them were from that, that nine months of carrying our little girl. So does this mean that, assuming this album continues to do well, <clears throat> that uh, you've got another, you still have this mine of other songs, you're ready for your sophomore release and maybe some funds left over from the Kickstarter to get that going? You know, I, that's a great question. I um, It's a little early. It is. It is. And yet, you know, you sort of, you know, sometimes people will start thinking at this point, oh, well, the record's released. Let's make another one. And honestly, I, I never really wanted to be an artist. Um, I think doing this for seven years and um, I grew up in a family. My dad's been in the in the Christian music world, you know, since it was around. He's I mean, a foundational he's, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I grew up watching, um, I I'm, was never enamored with um, the artist's life. Um, because the artist's life is hard, honestly. Um, you travel more often than not. You're away from your family a lot. You're away from home. Um, and I saw that be really hard on families. And, um, you know, it was even, my dad wasn't even traveling. And it was hard on my family when I was young. And so I've never really been, had any illusions of, oh, it'd be so fun to be famous or, you know, I, I just, I knew that, um, that, that fame and, and success even um, comes with a cost. And so um, I've been pretty hesitant to even <laughs> release this record. I was hesitant to do the Kickstarter because I just know um, that supporting um, a, a record and a, and a career is a lot of work, honestly. Yeah. Um, but there is this sense of, you know, if I could be any part of helping other people in the church um, experience some of the freedom that I've experienced and, and being fully known and fully loved, I, then I think I want to say yes to that, uh, to, to be a part of holding out um, hope. Um, in the midst of darkness and kind of kicking back at the darkness with truth. Um, I think I want to say yes uh, to that adventure, even though there may be cost involved. Yeah, so. it's, it's tough. I mean, you know better than 
certainly better than I do because you've toured. And can I tell people who your dad is? Do you mind? Oh, not at all. Okay. Uh, Ellie's dad is Brown Bannister. And if you're not familiar with him, then Google his name and you'll be amazed. Um, uh, he's got quite the background in Christian music. some artists that you're currently inspired by whether writers musicians maybe movies or who's who's on your nightstand or in your car radio that's great um i have been listening to all sons and daughters Mm -hmm. uh i love the work that they are doing um i i've been listening to crystal wells (laughs) feed your she i don't know who i don't think i know her have you ever heard of her um uh, I, that record is so aptly titled "Feed Your Soul," you know, um, and I'm so grateful for 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 the music that she makes and to get to write and and create with her is such an honor. Um, and then uh, Sarah Groves is probably one of the artists that that I've gone I've gone to the Sarah Groves well over and over again. <laughs> I feel like there are songs of hers that that come out in conversations uh, oftentimes um, truths that she's kind of um, written into into a verse or into a chorus um, and I'm so grateful uh, kind of hang around my soul so um, that's sort of what I've been listening to right now and then um, I'm, I'm currently reading through uh, this is so funny, but Emily Freeman's Grace for the Good Girl. Um, it's been on my to-read list for a, for a very long time, and um, her story is very similar to mine. So that's been a really life-giving thing to read um, as a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. And then um, in Voskamp, 1,000 Gifts, is um, I read that book actually last year. And this idea of learning to be thankful, learning to rejoice always, even when it doesn't make any sense, um, and counting uh, gifts uh, has been transformative to me. And so I, I read that last year, but I keep revisiting uh, that that book and um, and her blog as well, a holy experience. Uh, she has a way with words and a way with the truth that uh, that have breathed a lot of life into, into my spiritual journey. So the best place for folks to get your CDs and uh, or any of your music is going to be where? So iTunes is the best way to get, the easiest way to get the, the new record, as sure as the sun. Um, but my website, elliholcomb.com. That has uh, physical records and all kinds of resources like, um, you know, lyric and chord charts if people are wanting to play the songs um, in church or just for fun. Um, so there's a lot of great, um, there's a lot of great resources on my, my webpage. So you can get the physical CD. How about vinyl? Uh, I, vinyl will be up on 
on that same on the store connected to my website, elliehold.com. So those folks who enjoy vinyl, which would be me because that's how I grew up. I love um, it. That's the way I like to get my stuff. So cool. Talking to you. So talking with you, Joe. Thank you so much. You bet. We'll see you on the Twitter, Twitter sphere. <laughs> it's great. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Joe, that was a great interview with Ellie. Thanks so much for talking with her. Um, I I feel as though it could have gone a lot longer. I know you did talk to her longer than the recorded portion. Um, man, it's it what great heart she has, and uh, and just how transparent she was with you. That was awesome. Man, yeah, I gotta say it's it was a great privilege to chat with her. It just uh, we 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 joked about the six degrees of Krista Wells. How it seems like. There's a, a number of folks that we've had the opportunity to chat with that have some connection with Krista Wells, but you know the common denominator is these are just awesome people and great artists. So mm-hmm. so cool. Um, you, you probably caught that as we were talking, the album was number eleven on the overall iTunes, number one on gospel and Christian, and uh, you know within uh, the, what next twelve hours she was number eight on there and it's just mm. that just blows me away how cool is that not just an indie artist but a christian artist you know scaling the uh, the charts on itunes very cool yeah yeah it's amazing uh what else do we have in store what's going to be coming up next joe well we have a, a few long-suffering interviews that are going to be coming out very soon I, I have to admit with the holidays i got behind schedule and updating interviews and uh, we i have um I have three interviews that are very close to uh, to to being ready to uh, to share with you all, and then next week I'm uh, going to be chatting with uh, Jessica Campbell, who's an indie artist. She's Christian, but uh, she does secular music, and she's actually coming to Portland. Our friend Krista Wells asked me if I could help. <laughs> ask me if I could help Jessica find a venue to play in Portland, and uh, so she's going to be in town on. On Friday, we're going to chat with her and then uh, watch her concert. If things go well, we'll actually record the concert and share it with folks. So mm-hmm. that seems like fun. No, that's great. And uh, actually, I've got a few interviews lined up on my end of things over here on the East Coast. I'll be talking to um, a Christian music festival called East to West, which is coming to New Brunswick, Canada. Um, and it's big. It's got all the big headliners that you'd have in the U.S., um, and they're going out on a limb. I mean, I don't know a lot of the organization, but I do know that uh, it takes a lot to hire bands in and to bring this kind of stuff to really, for all intents and purposes, a pretty small place. Moncton, New Brunswick is not, and this is outside of Moncton, is not a major center like Toronto. So people really have to be dedicated to drive to get to a place like that. So I'm going to have a chance to talk to the organizers of that and uh probably get a chance to talk to some of the artists when they arrive as well um and uh again i have more connections in the canadian side i'll be talking to a couple canadian artists as well and i know you've been talking to a few uh on the other side of the pond as it were in uh places like australia so we got some interesting content coming down the pipe and i'll be talking to some pastors because we have a conference coming up here um so i'll be talking to some nashville pastors and one that I actually met uh, this past summer, who I'll be doing an interview that you'll have to read on our website. 
um, because we do have a blog portion to what we do as well, not just the audio podcast. So make sure, as we're closing up here, that uh, you visit our website, which is Frequency.fm, or Twitter at Frequency.fm. And, uh, of course, we're on Google+, Plus, where nobody else is apparently but us. <laughs> and uh, and we do have you know other accounts like Pinterest. Believe it or not, Joe, we have people pinning our blog posts on Pinterest, you know, periodically. So it is worth the effort to uh, to visit these places, uh, especially for people like Krista Wells and artists like that, because those mommy bloggers they they love <laughs> listening to these folks. And we love we love the mommy bloggers. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they are a dedicated bunch. They are very committed to sharing and very committed to communicating for sure. All right. That having been said, it's 8.15 my time, 12.15 p.m. a.m. I'm sorry, 12.15 p.m. a.m. your time. Yeah, it's Ooh. the next day here, Joe. Yeah. And uh, we're going to, I need to, to package this thing up and get it ready for tomorrow morning because I don't want to hold on to this any longer. I want people to listen to the interview. There you go. Well, thanks so much, Joe, and you have a great evening. You too, Dan. Good night. Take care. Thank you.